This is Behind the Cut with Christopher Grenland, the companion show to Not About Lumberjacks. While Not About Lumberjacks features works of fiction, Bobo is almost entirely true. I didn't even blur the lines of truth and fiction like I did with the second episode, Pride of the Red Card. These are the only things not true in Bobo. I changed the agent's name. The guys who really did throw an apple at me and scream, Fuck you, clown! didn't throw a Big Mac at me as well. And I didn't quit clowning that day after ruining Brooke's birthday. I quit a little bit later when I was sent to the wrong appearance and then scolded for not being at the correct one. An office assistant made a mistake and sent me as Santa Claus to a restaurant opening, a restaurant that was still under construction, and not as a clown to a kid's birthday party. But everything else in Bobo really did happen that way. I don't know why I did it. Being a clown, that is. I don't really like clowns. They don't scare me, although that painting I mentioned in the story really did bother me a lot as a kid. There just always seemed something off about clowns. Desperate, even. Like it's a profession reserved for broken people wanting attention. Although, to be fair, the same could be said about so many other professions in entertainment. But I don't want to make this whole commentary a knock on clowns, as much as I'm not fond of them. I actually have a certain respect for really good clowning, and one of my all-time favorite people on the planet is a graduate from Ringling Clown College. And in the 80s, I spent a couple afternoons talking to a retired Ringling Clown about his life in the circus in the 60s and 70s, and he was a really cool guy. If Bobo was about anything to me, it's about the hope and hunger of youth. Back then, it seemed to me that if I didn't take that job involving juggling, that I'd never be paid to juggle. These days, a wait of a couple years for some kind of success is a small fraction of my life, but at 16 or 17, a couple years is a significant bit of time. I felt that way about writing as well, that if it didn't happen right from the start, that it would never happen at all. I needed to write a literary masterpiece well beyond what I was capable of writing in my 20s, or else I'd be stuck writing the kinds of things that didn't appeal to me for the rest of my life. There was no easing in and very few chances when I was young, at least that's what I thought, so in all things I truly believe that you took any opportunity that came to you, whether you enjoyed it or not, even if it meant putting on clown makeup and being paid to do a little bit of juggling. Not even a full juggling act, just a little bit in between all the other things that you hated about being a party clown. Fortunately, I figured out so many other ways to make money juggling. And then one day I discovered I just wanted to juggle for myself, not other people, and definitely not for money anymore. It became something soured by what people expected of jugglers. Sure, I might not have been in clown makeup as a street performer, but I was every bit as desperate for money and attention and doing something that I thought I needed to do, not doing what I really wanted to do. Today, when I see a juggler in a bowler hat and suspenders doing basic tricks for people, a part of me deep down twists into a ball and makes me sad for that person, in much the same way that any act of desperation makes me sad for people. The writer trying to be the loudest person on Twitter, even though their writing is, well, not very good. 
The person willing to stab others in a mad dash up the corporate ladder only to wonder what happened when they're laid off and believe they don't even matter as a person anymore. The literary writer who considers whether those around them will mock them for liking something they aren't supposed to like. And then the desperation to jump onto a new trend when the people they revere say it's okay to like these geeky things. It's all so sad. I still juggle. Not as much as I used to, and definitely not as much as I'd like, but our downstairs neighbor is probably thankful to not hear all the dropping that's necessary to improve. Juggling, like writing, is a quiet act for me today, something that I do in spite of any perceived or financial success. Doing each of these things with confidence is how I measure success these days. If desperation, noise, and being something I'm not is necessary for any success beyond the act of simply doing the things I love, I'd rather not be that kind of successful. Because here's the thing. There will always be those quiet mornings and afternoons where the only sounds are my fingers tapping away at a keyboard or juggling props sounding their cadence in my hands. Most days, anything beyond that just gets in the way. Thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks and Behind the Cut. Theme music for Behind the Cut is a tune called Reaper by Hrazen. Visit nolumberjacks.com for information about the music, episodes, and voice talent. Next week, two middle-aged former punks struggle with who they once were and where they fit into their jobs in corporate America. Until next time, be mighty and keep your axes sharp.